Post. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. Night Talk, giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter. You are listening to John Gerica on SFM. John and for Oliver, good evening, Chief. You've just joined us. I've been talking to Tsepo Mojapilo, Director of Mojapilo Attorneys Incorporated, about the process of evicting tenants, unlawful occupiers. Uh, let me hold on a second. I've got to get the word correct. Unlawful occupier. Yeah. So we've reached the point now, Tsepo, where, uh, or before we do that, there, there, there's two. I want to call them classes of unlawful occupiers. Uh, less than six months, if somebody's been in a, on a property for less than six months and mm-hmm. also more than six months. What are the differences there? Mm-hmm. The only difference there is that when a court needs to make an order, um, there are different um, considerations that the court has to make. So if a person has been staying in a property for less than six months, right? The onus of the the court to decide is only whether it's a just order that it needs to make. Um, But if you're staying in the property for more than six months, also, it's very important here because it's not just staying in the property for more than six months. It's also being, um, um, what's this, being an unlawful occupier for more or less than six months. Okay. So I think people must not mistake sure. that because there is a difference with whether you are staying in the property as a lawful occupier for more than six months and whether you are staying as an unlawful co- occupier for more than six months. So that's the difference there. But in any event, um, if you are staying in the property and you are unlawful occupier for less than six months, then the court only considers circumstances of elderly disability and whether it will be just to make that order. But if you are in unlawful occupation for more than six months, then the court has a more onerous duty of whether there's alternative accommodation that can be made. But that also, um, I also want to state, is not really the duty of the owner to prove. Because if you are saying now that you are a indigent um, unlawful occupier, you must be able to prove that. I've, I've seen some tenants come in and they want to say that we don't have money, um, we, we don't have alternative accommodation, but you find that the dynamics of the tenant is that maybe there's a person that works um, there's a person that has a home somewhere and all of those. So those are the some of the things that we also look at to say what are the actual dynamics of the unlawful occupiers at the time that they are now being have now been in unlawful occupation for more than six months. Is it up to the owner of that or, or the manager to supply that alternative accommodation? It's not. It's not. Um the the wording here it's whether alternative accommodation has been made available or can be reasonably made available by the municipality the organ of state or of an owner okay. right now that is not for and, and 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 why i say this is because we always look to the state to provide 
that alternative accommodation. Because if you're saying that the owner must provide that alternative accommodation, who's going to pay there if yes. the issue at this property is the payment um, of the rental? So it, it, it's all of those, but usually you look to the municipality, to the organs of state. But again, it's always dependent on whether what the circumstances of the actual tenant is. Not every tenant that cries wolf and say, um, or rather cries that they cannot afford is actually in a position that they actually cannot afford. Okay, let's now, an eviction order has been put in place by the court. How yes. how do, because I wouldn't be able to do it if somebody was uh, occupying a piece of, or my, my house, for example. How do you get the people out of the house? So the process is quite simple, but also quite hard. So the first step is obviously that the sheriff now needs to serve that court order on the unlawful occupiers to say that there has been a court order that has been granted against you and you now need to vacate yeah. the property. Now, practically is that you tell the, the, the court order will be delivered to the tenants or the unlawful occupiers and if they don't move then the owner has to has them the right to then call um for example the red ants or you call private security to come physically with the sheriff to remove um the 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 the, the, the unlawful occupiers from the property can, so can you call how the, we do it is that we usually work sorry can you call the police Yes, you can, but um, you must remember that in limited instances, the police will say that they're not available. So it's always advisable to one, you always have to have the sheriff that effected that service okay. present. Why? Because there's a formal process um, that goes down when everyone is removed. So you need that um, the, the, the police, obviously, to say that here we are, but you as the owner, you can still employ your own private personnel that are going to now move the property from inside the house to outside of the gate. Why that process is important is because the sheriff needs to, um, as part of the process, they need to hand over now. They, they, they change the locks, essentially, and they then hand over a new set of keys, if you may, to the owner to effect the fact that we have effected the eviction successfully, the property or, or, or the household contents and the occupiers have been moved from the house outside and we have now regained um, or, or, or given the owner, the landlord, the person in charge right. um, possession of it by way of a key or something. So that is very important because it signifies the completion of that process. Because should um, the, the owner having access to the keys now, it has now been, uh, they're seen as a state of having regained ownership, if you may, or possession rather. And then uh, that's when the TV cameras arrive and you see people crying, they've lost their house, all their possessions are thrown mm -hmm. out on the street. And you feel that's exactly where they come in. And, and you feel very sad for them. But the, mm. and as you say, there is no more responsibility but for the owner that now falls upon the state because they become a homeless person in essence. Well, this is why we're saying that um, the, this, how, what the act says is that it must be made available by the municipality, the organ of state, the owner, um, or, or even the owner.
So it's not to say that that falls away from the owner completely. But like we are saying now, when the, the, the order would not be granted if there were no submissions made right. as to the okay. alternative um, for okay. the unlawful occupiers. So that's already been decided before the eviction. So that's already been, been okay. decided. That's okay. exactly it. So it means that they have the means. If you see that happening and there was an order in place, um, it means that the presiding officer said that there are means of those people or the unlawful occupiers to find alternative, either cheaper accommodation or alternative um, accommodation elsewhere, where, where, where they are able to afford according to their means at the time that the order was granted. Okay. Uh, Tepo Mojipilo, quickly, if you can, I want to talk about hijacked buildings, right? So the, yeah. way, the way I understand a hijacked building is I, I own a building, but now it's been taken over by, uh, know, let's call him James, and James is accepting mm. rent, but not by me as the owner's permission. He's just doing it because uh, he's, he's, he's found a, he's a, he's a skeleton and he's taking rent from people. Those people feel mm. as if they're paying rent, but they're not paying it to the right person. Can they still get evicted? Well, that one is quite difficult because um, where was the owner? during the time that these people were coming in. Because what we see, the laws in South Africa are very clear. The same way that the whatever happens on your property can be attributed to you as an owner, um, is the same way that if people are coming into your property, how or, or, or what do you do? How did you not know about it, right? Now, that employs you as an owner to be very vigilant with your property, to keep your property safe, to keep your property um, um, maintained and all of that. That onus is on you. Now, if your building is hijacked and you know um, about this, the easiest way for you is to, um, what we usually do actually, um, specifically even in Alexandra, was that we let the people know that, listen, these are the real owners. So we sent out letters to the tenants or the people that were staying there Mm. to let them know that these are the real owners of the property. They hold the, the, the property under this title deed. And therefore we request, (coughs) sorry, that you um, make payment to the real owners, you know, unfortunately, there's no other way for you to uh, uh, let yourself be known to the occupiers. If you don't come out and say, I actually, I am the real owner. But again, we understand that, sorry, but again, we understand that that's very difficult because the people that hijack it are skeletons and (laughs) they use, um, um, tactics, you know, to, to intimidate mm. the people that are there to actually pay to them. But unfortunately, there, um, the issue there would be the, the occupiers can always raise the defense that we are paying rent to someone else. And that someone else said that they're the owner. Yeah. And in that instance, you would have to prove, um, as the owner, you would have to essentially find the existence of these people sure. um, that uh, the, the tenants are paying a rental to. And also, even for the tenants themselves, it becomes very tricky because 
if you are paying rent to this person, where's the proof that you are actually paying rent and it is for for rental? So it, it, it's one of those that it, it really gets decided in a court of law based on the just, is it just um, and equitable for the courts to make an order of eviction on these people that are claiming that they are paying rent, just not to the right owner? Tepo, uh, we've got a voice note. We'll take it in a second. Um, but a question, does a, a shelter, almost I want to call it the homeless shelter, for lack of a better word, or a, or a women's mm-hmm. safe place, does that suffice as alternative accommodation? A women's shelter. So I, I, I think it will have to depend on the types of shelters. Um, why I say that is because a women's shelter, you'd find that there's an abused women's shelter and there's a, a shelter specifically for maybe women that are sexual workers. And in those in those instances, they only accept, you know, right. um, those class of women that need assistance, that have run away with their kids and whatever. So that would depend really on whether or not that shelter would be in a position um, to accept um, that 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 person trying to go there as an alternative shelter. Okay, let's take a voice note quickly on oh six one four one zero four one zero seven. Hi, John. Great show. I just wanted to find out. So, what's the legal recourse or the next step if the tenant uh, is served papers and the tenant doesn't attend the court hearings? Oh, good question. We skipped over that, so they okay. don't go to the court hearing. Yeah. Okay, then usually you get a judgment that is um, done in default. We call it a default judgment. Um, Because if you are constantly going to courts and you're showing that this notice was served on the tenant, uh, because this is done by a sheriff's office. So the sheriff will go to the premises, they will serve this on the tenant, and they will give us what we call a return of service. You take that to court to say, on the 18th of October, this process was served on Tepo, but and we and, and and there was a date showing that she has to appear in court on this date and she hasn't appeared. Therefore, judgment can actually be taken in default um, uh, against you without you being present. Tepo Mojapilo, you've explained it to me and even I understand it. So thank you very much for being able to do that. Thank you so much for having me, John. Tsepo Majapilo, Director of Majapilo Attorneys Incorporated. You want to find out more about what they're doing, their website, Majapilo Inc. M-O-J-A-P-E-L-O-I-N-C dot C-O-Z-A. Majapilo Inc. dot C-O-Z-A.